are listening in we're back for another episode of call me crazy y'all can call me baz and we are back it's a new week and a new guest um as you heard i was trying to figure out how to introduce him i'm like low-key laughing but um he is one half of the gifted gab um he also is went well i know you from like I don't even know, high school? Like, we were like, what, 13, 14? We were mad young. But now you own, or you you co-own with your family, right? A Persian rug store. Um, and I know you went to school in Edmonton for basketball. That's why you originally moved. Um, and originally, before basketball, you studied sociology, got a BA in that at York University. I do my research. I'm doing good right now. <laughs> You're like, yep, yep. Um, And you're also the co-founder and collective of the Black um, Iranian, um, was it? Collective for Black Iranians. Okay, there we go. That part. Um, Yeah. And all that to say, you're also just a really great friend. I always say that. Alex is like one of of my closest male friends and has so much to share. Um, And we always go on tangents when we talk. So, low key. (laughs) I feel like also, you know, what's funny when it came to this topic. So today we're going to talk about Mamba mentality. When I posted asking like, who would be a good person to be talking about Mamba mentality? I had so many people DM me. I've never had that many guys DM me, Alex, in my life. <laughs> like sliding in my DMs or dudes sliding in my DMs telling me about their boy, hyping them up. Like, yo, th- my, you need to talk to my boy. Like, he's the biggest Kobe fan. Like, he cried when he passed away. I had people in my requests. I was like, yo, damn, my, my DMs are blowing up. I never had my DMs blow up like that in my life. So I was like a little overwhelmed. Uh, but honestly, I feel like you would be such a good person to discuss this I know it's a lot of pressure but like it's just a conversation I literally don't know much like I know probably like not like the average Mamba fan you know but I just know like just for basketball so I definitely want to discuss it um yeah that's my little intro did I miss anything no I think you got it you got it nailed it Yes. Alex, a lot of people call you Dro. I call you Alex, but yeah, in case y'all are confused with who we're talking to. (laughs) (laughs) But I feel like once they hear you, they'll know. Um, But yeah, let's get started. Um, How's your week been, though, so far, before we get started? So far, I'm just trying to find ways to keep busy. I've always got something to do, so I never have an excuse to not do anything. Mm -hmm. So... I'm just getting, I'm I'm back into like the routine of things and we do go back into lockdown. My routine is going to be ruined, but oh. it is what it is. Just try to take things as they come. Mm-hmm. Do everything you know, we can day to day. And mm-hmm. it's, I feel you. Is How is it in Edmonton right now? Honestly, <sighs> you know, they, <laughs> they tried to send the kids back to school and uh, I don't even want to get started on the politics and stuff like that, but you know, the, the numbers are going back up and you know, COVID has been 2020 
it's just been a very interesting year. Mm-hmm. A great year for me. Mm-hmm. I know you say the same. Mm-hmm. Uh, a lot of other people wouldn't agree. But, you know, shit happens and you got to kind of take it in stride. Just take it to the chin and mm-hmm. move in. So, mm-hmm. oh yeah, I'm healthy. You know, my family's healthy. Everybody's together. We're here. Stores open. You know, we're in business. So... I love that. And I love that um, you said something about like creatives. Like, I feel like we're super thriving right now during this time because there's so much content to be made because so much is happening. When things are boring, it's like con- like artists, creators, we don't really, we can't really create anything because you don't have inspiration. But you know, 2020 did not fall short from for that. Um, and I'm going to have Andre on sometime this week. I don't know if he told you or kept that a secret, but you know, I'm just letting you know. Um, yeah, I had a feeling he wouldn't tell you. Smadox. <laughs> um, <laughs> but um, I, I know we, tr- we, all, we tried to rec- record a podcast so many times. Like we've, I think we've recorded three episodes. They've never made it. But, anyways, <laughs> um, I just wanted people to know where the gift of gab came from before we get started, because. You guys always show me so much love and I, I always talk to people about you guys and like, I just want them to know what Gifted Gab is because you guys are low-key taking over. People will be like, yeah, like, you know, your friend from the Gifted Gab, I'll be like, Alex, Andre, and I'm like, yo, y'all listen to them too? Like, I love that. I love when other people that I know, know you guys from the pod. No, I appreciate that. And, and you know, uh, it's cool. It's, it's cool because we kind of, you know, call me crazy and gifted gab. I think it was the same summer that we both, you know, mm-hmm. we just wanted to, for me and Andre, it was more about, you know, how can we create our own platform, but still like remain ourselves authentically. Mm-hmm. That for us, and we were willing to do it for free, you know. So when the money and stuff started rolling in, we didn't, it, it doesn't change the platform at all. And, you know, we're just having fun. That's all it is. We're having fun with it. You know, and we, we talk about all the issues, social issues, you know, pop culture, trends, you know, things that are going on in society. And, you know, we, we're we two educated, opinionated young black men, you know. So I think we have a voice. Mm. Voice holds weight. So, you know, it was like, how do we get, you know, how do we amplify our voice? So it's like, let's just create a platform and. You know, whoever we can, you know, ampl- whoever's voice we can also amplify, we're going to do that, but we're going to do it while being ourselves. Yeah. So, and special because, you know, Call Me Crazy and The Gifted Gab, it came out, I think it was, I'm pretty sure it was the same summer. You know it what was. I mean? I remember. Y'all are literally my brother podcast. Like, I always <laughs> talk about you guys. I love it. And I love because, like, I was just saying, like, when I was on yours, it motivates me to keep going and to, like, when I'm like getting lazy and stuff, I'll see you guys and I'll be like, nah, 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 nah. I can't even get back on my shit. Like I need to start posting because it motivates me, you know, because it's so good. I love it. And y'all are funny as hell. Like so funny, <laughs> so funny, but I can't even replicate it because it's just like you said, it's so authentic. So I'm just like, yeah, they're so funny. Y'all just need to listen because it's just you. Like it's just how you guys are. Um, but I'm really excited about our topic um, so like I said, you played ball and I want to know what your connection or relationship with basketball was growing up and just to Kobe, I guess, in that culture. It's a good question. Um, you know, 
playing ball, playing ball in Toronto is one thing. Everybody plays ball. I know. Everybody plays ball. Um, and, you know, there's, there's a very, very large pool of players to pick from. And it's unfortunate that a lot of them don't get the opportunity uh, to continue playing like after high school. Because for me, playing in high school kept me a lot of, uh, kept me out of a lot of trouble. You know, even though I got mixed into a lot of trouble, you know, I think it would have been worse if I didn't, uh, I didn't play ball. And um, I had a conscious decision to just try to keep going with basketball. Cause I saw, you know, I could get a lot of good things from it and it, it at a point it necessarily wasn't in Toronto for me. Mm. So um, I had the luxury of being able to come to Alberta because my dad did live in Calgary at the time. And I, I accidentally fell into the basketball landscape here and I realized that there is opportunity to play, to continue playing. Um, so I went to university here for two years. Then um, the first thing I did was I tried to get, you know, my homies to come play out here. You know, I kept uh, calling people with phone and be like, yo, <laughs> it's another that. world over here, you know, and, and, and opportunity and just even outside of basketball, there's a world of opportunity out here outside of Toronto. Mm-hmm. Uh, because the, the pace and lifestyle is lower and you're, you're able to focus your time on things that you actually want. Um, but, you know, I've, I've, I've played basketball my whole life. I think most kids in Toronto play basketball their whole life, you know. Uh, every day was like, you know, you skip last period and head over to the rec to make sure you get the first run. And you got to win. If you don't win, you're not playing. If you come off the court, there's so many other teams that you probably only play one more time, so you have to win. Mm-hmm. And I think that kind of ties into that Mamba mentality. Is like you know, winning at all costs, doing whatever mm. it is possible to just put yourself in a position to win. Uh, Kobe is my goal. I think he's better than MJ. Mm. I always. Um, I think sometimes. Obviously, you know, everybody looks at MJ and, like, my dad loves MJ. And mm-hmm. To people, he's the greatest of all time. But when you take into consideration when he played, who he played against, mm-hmm. stuff like that, you know, the conversation for LeBron and Kobe mm-hmm. possible. And, you know, Kobe, you know, rest in peace, mm-hmm. his approach different. It was much different than Michael Jordan's. It, it replicated his, but, you know, Jordan was purely about dominance and dominating. Mm-hmm. Kobe was more detail-oriented. Mm-hmm. Everything about details. Because the details, when you focus on details and things, and you really dissect things, whether it's like you're doing rap, whether it's a podcast, whether it's, you know, business, when you focus on details... <laughs> It makes everything else look effortless because the, the details do matter. And sometimes we overlook yeah. details. They do. Uh, yeah. So, you know, when I watch, I love LeBron. I think LeBron's the greatest athlete to ever touch a basketball. Yeah. He's not even, he's just the greatest athlete. I think that we've, that the world's seen, he just built different. <laughs> like, built different. He's just built different. Um, but that also like that, we'll get into it, but it also brings up the conversation of talent versus hard work mm-hmm. and like that comparisons, which we'll get to. But um, yeah, I remember as you were talking about basketball growing up, I was like, yo, low key, I think I met you in a stairwell with, 
with Roger and y'all had just finished doing ball runs. I just remember that. That's <laughs> like, crazy. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it was that at Tech, like when y'all went. Wait, you didn't, wait, you went to Tech, right? I did go to Tech. I went to Eastern and I went to Tech. Oh, yeah. I think it's... an interview with Ronald was a movie, man. I can't, <laughs> okay, movie. Can't, and I can't really, like, I don't know how to articulate it to people. Like, growing up in Toronto, you know, at a time where, like, social media was kind of not, it was just kind of, like, social media <laughs> was like vibe.to. Like, yeah oh my god vibe yeah like not it wasn't instagram you know obviously mm-hmm. but it was a different it was like msn and stuff like that mm-hmm. and it was just a different atmosphere to grow up in you know it's you're constantly it was so, so fun it was, it was so fun man and it like, was so fun it's kind of sad that like my kids will never be able to experience I that i know it's so it's different because my sister just started grade nine and I was telling her stories about high school and she told me she told she was like yeah I was sitting to the girl uh this girl next to me in science class and I was telling her stories that you told me and I looked at the girl and I said I don't know if it's even real like that sounds a little fake and I was like no it's not fake sis like you don't believe me it's not fake it's crazy sometimes I think about like the things that I would experience growing up and I'm just like damn this shit would like probably make a movie on Netflix at this point. Like it's like some stuff that people just don't really experience now. Yeah, it's you know, so every, true. We're outside. So normal to us. It was normal, yeah. We're outside all the time, going to the movies downtown. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, what being like like Dundas Square was like our backyard, you know. Mm-hmm. Was, that's just normal. Yeah, it was normal. And I don't know, man. It's, Toronto's different now, so it is. It's That's different crazy. vibe, but yeah, I feel you. Ugh, so nostalgic. Um, but <laughs> you kind of got you kind of got into it about the Mamba mentality. But for someone who wouldn't know, how would you define Mamba mentality? Uh, I would define it as by any means necessary, mm-hmm. uh, whatever it takes. That's humanly possible, right? Mm-hmm. Think about Kobe. We think about a guy who literally lost sleep trying mm-hmm. to chase mm-hmm. was playing at the highest level mm. you know yeah and you know his approach was so different it wasn't just you know training and being in the gym it was like i'm trying to train more than you mm-hmm. you know i who train like four four times a day mm-hmm. start 4 a.m right and he always used to talk about, you know, you watch interviews. It's like he was a Laker fan when he was a kid, you know? So for him to end up being a Laker and being this guy who accomplished all these things, it wasn't by accident. It's, it was pure manifestation and, and him putting himself in that position, you know? Yeah. The relentlessness and just the, the drive and the hunger, even being, think about it, how many guys make the NBA you know, once you get that paycheck, some people are just cool with just collecting the paycheck. Yeah. And that's nothing wrong with that. You know, some people are, even in life, you know, you look at some of our friends, they're cool with just collecting the paycheck and going on with their day. Mm-hmm. Kobe wasn't that guy. Kobe was like, I'm going to be the best basketball player that mm-hmm. I can be. And that can translate to so many things. You know, there's a lot of guys that I know that do comedy that have that same approach, that do music that have that same approach. 
that, you know, they're going to do everything humanly possible. And when I say humanly possible, it's not as tangible as just showing up, you know, it's not as humanly possible. It's like for if us, if it's, if it's a podcast, it's not just, oh, spending all night editing. It might also be, okay, while everybody else is watching Netflix, you're watching podcasts, right? Yeah. It's really obsessing with yes. whatever you accomplish. That's what it is. You know, when, you, when people talk about Kobe, they're like, okay, you know, his hand be broken. He'd go in the gym and work and sit with his left hand. Yeah. Like there's no excuses. Mm. And it's a beautiful thing because, you know, when you put in the work, you see it all come to fruition. Yeah. And, and, you know, I got like for me personally growing up, that approach, I got that from Kobe. You know, Carmelo was always my favorite player, but. Oh my God. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Oh my god, I remember this. Sorry. You remember <laughs> I remembered last time I even said it. You're like, how the fuck do you remember that? I don't know how. When you had yeah. your braids. That's when you had your braids. I remember this. Long straight back, and I used to wear the headband. I really used to think I was Carmelo, but I was 5'10, but still. <laughs> it's you know, okay. <laughs> you know, but the approach to everything was really Kobe. And I think, you know, my like our generation, it's either Kobe. Or AI, like those are the guys mm-hmm. who shaped your 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 approach to things, you know. And it's just that relentlessness, man. And 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 you know, men have it. They might not even know that it comes from that Kobe thing. Mm-hmm. I there's, have it too, you know. And it's like outside sports, it's it's with any craft, you know. If you do lashes, okay, you're studying people that do lashes. Mm-hmm. The podcast. If you're doing music, you know, you're not just, you know like mindlessly like everything you're doing is with intent you know mm. and I think all it comes down to because it's like you only have 24 hours in a day you know you have to chase your dreams you got to make money and then you got to also have time to just enjoy life but mm. what if that time that you enjoy life is with intent and ties mm. it chase, you know so that's 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 what I saw was Kobe's approach is everything he did was with that that intent to be the best. Mm-hmm. I love that. Ooh, I love that. That's low key. Like, okay. So my like idol growing up was Muhammad Ali. Um, obviously it's two different conversations, but it was his desire to be the greatest and like his confidence of believing that he was great before he even, he was manifesting it. It was very much in his mind. You know what I mean? Like deep down, I don't know if he really believed it, but like to me, he believed it. So he created it and you are only as great as your mind will let you believe you can be. And I think that's kind of what they embodied. Like your mind plays such a big role in your success. Um, And unfortunately, a lot of the times, like when it comes to such a physical dominated like sport or area of life, we put so much focus on the body, you know, make sure you go to the gym, make sure you work out. But it's like, no one's really teaching these athletes. Like, yo, a lot of it is your mental. Like you have to be mentally strong. You have to be perseverant and you have to want to be great, not just great physically, but great mentally. Like, you know, like show up as a man, all these things. And I think that that's what I take away from like Mamba mentality is like, it's the, that extra aspect of being an athlete. It's not just the physical, it's the mental aspect of pushing boundaries that you have physically and mentally um, and persevering. Well, basketball is 95% mental. Mm. It's 95% mental. Mm. It's only that have no, 
technical skill, but can come in a gym and, and score easily because men- mentally they believe that there's nothing that can stop them from scoring. And it's great. I'm glad that you touched on that because, you know, uh, actually I started boxing at the beginning of 2020 and uh, I was doing it for like six months and so good happened. Uh, I still tried to go to the gym and it was just tough to keep going with everything going on. But yeah. when, we, when Ali used to talk about his training, he used to say like, you know, the things that you're doing physically to push those boundaries do more for you mentally mm-hmm. than, and physically, like, you know, the physical is the same. Mm-hmm. It's like here's the number of reps. You got to get to it, get past it, push past it, push past the pain. But pain is not a, a physical thing, physical thing, right? And you know, we talk about Ali, Kobe. Uh, you know, those guys—they're mentally able to push past the pain. There's videos of Kobe like dislocating his finger in the middle of the game and just popping mm-hmm. it back. Continue playing, like you know. We talk about Ali, who's the greatest of all time. Um, same thing, physically. You know, the confidence comes from you mentally being prepared and physically being prepared. Mm. That's the only way to be confident in anything. So when people are con- there's people that are confident that come across as confident and they back it up because they do the training, they do the reading, they do the preparation. Everything comes from the preparation. Mm-hmm. But then people who are cocky, it's like it's false confidence. It's it's fake, you know, and and mm. some people can see right through it. Some people can't, but it, it, when, when you can walk to walk as well as talk to talk, then okay, your, your, your confidence is like solidified. It's not cockiness anymore. Mm-hmm. And Ali confident because he knew behind the scenes, he was putting in the work. Kobe, who comes across as the most arrogant, mm-hmm. hockeyest player of all time. There's nobody that can guard that guy. I don't think Jordan can guard him. Like, yeah. Yeah, but he has reason to be like that arrogance has reason. Like, that's why I almost feel like it's not offensive because it's like you'll get offended, but it's like, but he kind of has the back, like he can back it up. You know what I mean? So it's like, mm. it only offends you if you don't understand where it's coming from. And if you person that doesn't see that this guy probably worked harder than anybody that ever played the game. Mm hmm. Why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you hold that confidence? Why wouldn't you be that arrogant? Mm-hmm. You, know, you know, there's a lot of stories about him and how he was. You know, well, Jordan was a real asshole. His teammates, Kobe too, but you know, mm-hmm. Kobe ended, you know, a certain level from everyone. And and that's one thing when people talk about, you know, Kobe and mm-hmm. and LeBron, they're both different types of leaders. Mm-hmm. Not one style of leading. You can lead in different ways. Kobe's Kobe's leadership style was being that example, hmm. right? Embodying that example, personifying excellence. Whereas LeBron's leadership style is, I'm going to make sure I pick everybody up and make sure everybody's good. And that's how I'll get the best out of them. Hmm. And that was work. You know, they're both, you know, two of the greatest players of all time. So Yeah, it's so fascinating. I feel like a lot of successful people will try and study other successful people, but then there's just some that like, they just know what works for them. And Kobe kind of had that, like, I don't really think he had, well, I don't know who he admire. You might know, um, but I feel like he created his own blueprint. You know what I mean? Like, and he just defined himself. Um, 
And I think that's a big part of success is like self-discipline. Like you could have all this greatness handed to you, but it's like, what are you going to do with it? And like, I know you can relate with this. We probably both knew people in high school that were super talented, but it's like they didn't capitalize on that talent or have the self-discipline or, you know, mental like discipline to capitalize on it. And now, unfortunately, I'm just thinking, I'm like, damn, like they were, they had so much potential and it's just like mm-hmm. potential can only lead you so much to so far, you know? Um, so, yeah, I don't know if you probably, you probably, I, I definitely knew people in high school that I'm just like, damn, like that's crazy. Yeah, there's a lot of guys you look at them in high school and like, this guy's definitely going to go play places. But, you know, and that's why it's like the separation doesn't come from talent, you know, the separation from sustainability. Mm-hmm. You yeah. sustain, are you always trying to get better? Mm-hmm. You know? people catch up you know mm-hmm. if you're this far along skill wise but you're not disciplined to continue working at your craft or whatever it is mm-hmm. catching up and then it's like okay how do you separate yourself mm-hmm. Kobe kept himself. I, I don't remember where he said it was in a documentary he was like you know the when he was 18 he's in the NBA you know I he's know. like summer he's like I was in the gym working out I was at UCLA I was here I was there you know and I would make sure, you know, I was up and at it at 4 a.m. He's like, even if you came in at 19, 20 and you started doing the same thing I'm doing, I've already accumulated more hours of this than you, right? Mm-hmm. Catch up. You know, it, it's it's so simple, like, to break down. It's- I know. It is. But I also, like, one of my questions actually is, it is. it seems simple, but do you think, if everyone applied this type of like thinking of like persevering and um, you know, hard work beats talent every time kind of thinking, do you think that it could be for everyone that it would help? Yeah. Because at the end of the day, like this is going to sound very insensitive at the end of the day, shit happens to everybody. Yeah, it does though. I agree. Everybody's yeah, Everybody has a struggle. Everybody's struggle is different. Mm-hmm. But it's like, how how bad do you want to mm-hmm. make? You know, I like I, sometimes shit happens to me. I'm at this point in my life where I just I don't I I can't care less anymore. I don't yeah. have that, and it's like I just want to do what I want to do. And you know, some people are like I think it's what is it? You're only mad at stuff for or upset about stuff for seven seconds. After that, you choose to be Ooh. upset about it. It's a choice. So yeah. it's like you're going to dwell on all the bad stuff that happens to you. It takes your energy away from the things you could be doing. To yeah. It's so true. It's about like ability. I mean, at the end of the day, mm-hmm. yeah, it should, like, is it, is shit happening to you or is it happening for you? Yeah. And it's, like you're saying, it comes down to mindset, right? And I think that's what my mentality mm-hmm mindset to understand that you know, I have to get this done I have to find a way I have to find a way you know yeah. I'm not gonna go block us work ways around it so yes it's so true like I always talk about my dad on this podcast because like growing up he was just super like he's a really good example of like perseverance and like work ethic like I get my work ethic from him like he works on average 13 hour days like my dad doesn't believe in like you know, taking breaks. Like to him, it's like, first of all, he's walking into a room and he's the only man of color, you know, so he has to prove himself 10 times. 
Um, and he'll always say like, if I'm not working, I don't know why he has this mentality, but he really thinks now, even though he's established and everything, he's like, if I'm not working, someone else will come get my job kind of thing. And he's like, he's so established that in my head, I'm like, no, like you literally have contracts to protect you from that. But he tells himself that all the time. Like if I'm not working, there's someone else who wants this job just as much. So they're going to be working while I'm sleeping. Like he literally cannot sleep because he's always like thinking, working. And he told me, he's like, when you're resting, someone else is working for that same thing that you want. And it's just how bad do you want it? Do you want it more than them? Because if you do, then you got to do something about it. And he used to get like tough love, you know, like that's his approach with me. And he would always try to remind me, like, I'm only being hard on you because I want these things for you, but I can't want it more than you want it. Um, and I think that really helped me. Like I took it for granted, like my, the way I saw work ethic. So I would get almost like turned off or annoyed when I saw people kind of just become victims to their um, circumstances, you know, because to me, it's like, yeah, shit does happen. But every time something happened, my my immediate thought is, what am I going to do about it? You know what I mean? Not like, damn, this is happening to me. And I'm just gonna, you know, all right, it's a wrap. It's like, nah, okay, cool. Like, let's, what are we going to do? And, you know, you probably can reflect on this, but every situation that's happened, whether good or bad, I've always pulled the good from it or created something out of it. And I think that's the biggest lesson that I've learned in terms of like, pressure going through something like you just have to take the good from it it's happening for you otherwise you're always going to be a victim you cannot live in a victim mentality can't man it's it's so crucial and i don't know like i completely agree with what you're saying i think if you either look at stuff like shit happens to you or happens for you Mm -hmm. you know at the end of the day you have to pull yourself out of yeah no one else can. If you're waiting for someone to pull you out, it's like, oh, fuck, man. You're going to be waiting. <laughs> and I, I realized that at a young age because, you know, I was waiting for people to give me the opportunities. And eventually, mm. one day I'll tell you the story of how I ended up coming and playing out here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I had to take things into my own hands and, like, really out of the box to, to give myself an opportunity to get an education and play mm. basketball. You know, it's it's not shit either happens to you or happens for you. You have to pull yourself out of situations. And sometimes we're waiting for that next thing to happen to us, you know, to, to make something happen. But my I, the way you said, you know, you talk about your dad a lot. I talk about my dad a lot, too. Mm-hmm. You know, growing up in Toronto, I, that's one luxury I, I didn't take for granted, even though my dad was separated from my mom for 10 years. I, I looked at it as like, you know, I had a dad. I, I'm yeah. fortunate just that, you know, to have one, you know what I'm saying? So mm. a lot of the life lessons from him and it's like, you know, I can't take that for granted. You know, some some people that don't have that luxury and mm-hmm. a lot of the things that you said, working and just trying to find ways around things and to keep working. And I think, you know, our culture today is very obsessed with just continuously working mm-hmm. and we sleep and rest for granted. I've gotten to the point where, you know what, I'm going to get my seven hours of sleep mm-hmm. so that I can, you know, whatever hours I'm in the office or at the store or doing the pod, I have the energy and I can sustain it and stuff. I think 
and Colby actually said this. I saw a video where he was saying like the one regret he had was not sleeping enough. You know, he was, he was getting by on, you know, three, four hours of sleep a night, which is crazy to think about. (laughs) It's so bad for your body and your mind and just everything. But he started, yeah, it is so bad. He started putting the two and two together. It's like the games where he played, he didn't sleep that night enough. And then he started taking sleep more seriously. And it's it's amazing that you come to those conclusions on your own. And I think you really need to just be able to know yourself and know what's for you, know what's not for you. Some people are can stay up all night. There's a point in my life where I worked night shifts and I just stayed up. I was yeah, working night. You're a night owl. For real, or were? I don't know if you still are. I'm transitioning into being like <laughs> a normal you know. person. <laughs> <laughs> but sometimes I get like spurts of energy where I can just get a mm. shit. You know, mm-hmm. after 1 a.m. and it's, you know, sometimes you just want to keep that momentum, that energy. But everybody's different, man. And it's like, what works for me and what works for you might not, what might not work for somebody else. Yeah. I feel you I honestly like the sleep component is actually so big because I've been doing a lot of research on it because my relationship with sleep is is different too um (laughs) it's just very different but like from like a psychological perspective and even like a physiological perspective like sleep is just as important as like your diet and exercise like you can't even even think about working out and seeing results if you're not sleeping properly you can't think about studying or doing effective work if you're not sleeping properly like it's all connected everything is especially like that seven hours of sleep because that's when your brain you know and your mind everything just re it has to reprocess everything your body is burning fats you know your metabolism your hormones everything so it's like sometimes people think oh I'll sleep when I'm dead I'm like okay but you're actually just killing yourself like it's not doing shit like I get the whole I sleep when I'm dead but it in a way you're kind of just slowing yourself down and watering down the productivity. So I think sleep is actually, is important. Yeah. My dad literally says that though. He'll be like, I'll sleep when I'm dead. I'm like, okay. I really, really like routine. Mm-hmm. For long, I'm able to like get away with not sleeping and do my workouts at night. I go to a 24 hour gym and lift at like 12 AM and stay up on four and work and sleep mm-hmm. that much. But I really do crave uh, routine. And I think uh, we don't talk about routines enough. And mm. man, sometimes, you know, at one point in my life when I was playing basketball, my routine was, you know, go do all my morning classes, take a nice little nap, go to the gym, go to practice, and do all that stuff. Now, you know, at 27 years old, my routine is, you know, wake up at you know 6.30, do my workout, and come work, and then do all my work here and when I get home, just chill and, and, and give myself that time to unwind and try to be in bed by, you know, at least 12, at least trying. That's, that's really good though. That's such a solid day. It is. And then, uh, yeah, Damn. it's compartmentalizing in a sense, right? But mm-hmm. there are some times where I'm like, okay, I got I have that burst. Mm-hmm. Staying up to do some work, you know, after 12. And it's like, everybody's different, man. And mm-hmm. I don't know how Kobe got was able to do that. Yeah, wow. he he's different. He's just different though. Um, which kind of brings me to what we were talking about, mama mentality, and how like 
if it's applicable to everyone, do you think it was mentally healthy or just healthy for him? Because you were talking about like the sleep aspect. Like I completely agree with like being um, perseverant, but a lot of people might take that and be like, I must do this at all costs. Like, but is that a healthy like mindset or was he just like superhuman? It comes down to what is it that you want out of life? Mm. It really, and for Kobe, it was winning. It was banners. And if like, like we all have this, every single human has a list of values. Mm-hmm. Matters to them. Excuse me. Am I allowed to swear? Is that okay? Yeah. I said, oh. I, already, I already said fuck. So you're oh. good. <laughs> um, every human has this list of values of what matters to them. Mm-hmm. And you basically, your decisions day to day come from a conflict of these values. If mm. you're, the, the thing that you value the most comes in conflict with the number two on your list, you know, it's easy to pick because you have this, this list of, so it's subconscious. Not everybody actually, some people, I write it out. Some people don't write it out. It's subconscious. For some people. Yeah. But on exactly what you're trying to achieve and what you value, you know, when you line that stuff up, mm-hmm. those decisions become easy. And for him, it was winning. So he was really willing to put winning over his family, his friends, mm-hmm. his health, okay. his money and all that stuff. So mm-hmm. maybe for some other people, that doesn't make sense because most people, you know, value all those other things over winning. Right. And Jordan was the same way. You know, he didn't care to make friends. His thing was about like dominating and winning. Mm-hmm. So it was like, it's just that, that hierarchy of your mm-hmm. values. Some people's religion is at the top. Mm-hmm. Right? Relationships is at the top. Right. That's very true. When it's clear cut, I think when it's clear cut, it, it, it's easy to make those choices. If, if you're muddy on like the order, maybe it's three things. Maybe you value success family money but mm. you don't then it it conflicts and then you have those you know those little dilemmas this person yeah. and it could have i feel like he evolved too he did he did he evolved like right under our eyes and uh i think after his injury mm-hmm. Achilles, mm-hmm. started to see a more human mm-hmm. obi mm. and then after he retired we saw like like human, like pure human, like Kobe. Like he was always off the court. He was always a good guy, right? Yeah. In the lines, he's it's about getting the job done, right? Mm-hmm. So I really admire that about Kobe. Yeah. Put that battery in our backs to to approach everything mm-hmm. with your. He really taught my generation, our generation, mm-hmm. how to craft, how to, you know, just how to. to to, to be like you know to stand on your own too and, and get on and I really I, I, it's really unfortunate if you don't appreciate sports or if you don't you never played sports or you didn't weren't a fan of sports that you don't really get to understand that because mm. you get that work ethic from playing sports and he was a personified work ethic you know mm-hmm. so god I can't even believe like he's dead like it just he's still alive to me like you know and you know what though that's the thing that that's that's like one of my last questions was I feel like when people, it's such a weird, it's such a like philosophical question, but like when people like Kobe pass, it's like, 
it's such a hard thing to to wrap our minds around because the idea of him is like almost eternalized because he literally like lives within every person he's impacted and I think that is like the ultimate goal as like a human is to continue living through people um that's why it's almost like it that's why it sounds weird but that's why I was more not at peace with his death than his daughter's death because I almost feel like she could have done similar things to him and she didn't get the opportunity to to immortalize her impact on the world um Mm. That's why I like every time I like see her, I'm like a mess. I cry because I really, really feel like she had the same, um, that same kind of like drive, drive that hunger. My dad, oh, my, I think I told you this once, but my dad always says, like, you need to devour life. Like, you need to be so hungry for life that you like almost face it head on before it even like attacks you. And I feel like she had the same thing. Um, but why do you think a lot of people were so devastated when he passed? Like, I think it impacted people more than, I don't know, than even just friends or family in their lives passing. Well, for me personally, mm-hmm. uh, I hate to glorify death. I've lost a lot of friends, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, sometimes it doesn't hit you as quick as, uh, you know, when celebrities die, mm-hmm. it's not that, People look at like, why are you crying over something that you never knew? Mm-hmm. But you have to understand that, you know, you watch these people grow and go through stuff. And even though they never might have, you never met them, a lot of things we do in our day to day is a reflection of their inspire, inspiration on us. You yeah. Know? When Nipsey cried, I, when Nipsey died, I cried. Yeah. When Kobe died, I cried for like three days because yeah. those guys teach you how they give you the blueprint to success and you mm-hmm. you take it upon yourself to implement it and you watch them grow and you watch them go through their trials and tribulations and you feel like you're a part of that journey mm-hmm. like some you know um it hits different than a friend losing a friend obviously but everybody in the world felt like they lost somebody they knew you mm-hmm. know watch this kid at 17 years old come watch him grow you watch him make mistakes you watched him win, you know, you watched him go through it and, and, and almost as if you were beside them. Mm-hmm. And then during that, you're seeing this, you're taking things from that and you're implementing it into your life. But why wouldn't you cry when, you know, this person dies? And Kobe was the glue guy. You know, he kept, he was keeping the world together, I feel like. Mm. When he died, it didn't matter if you were black, white, Asian, mm. You felt that it was it shattered the world, and we're talking about you know, Los Angeles is the, the hotbed for sports entertainment and all this stuff, you know. And he stayed; he was there for twenty years. He was in front of the world's eyes for twenty years. So when he died, it was like, damn, you know, like this whole legacy. He's the king of LA, you know. Mm, that's crazy. Yeah, it's like I remember being like, nah, that's not real. I'm like, it's not real. They're going to be like, sorry, it was a mistake. Like, false alarm. I was like, it's not real. Even the next day, I was like, nah, it's not real. They're like, confirmed. I'm like, nah, it's not real. And I wasn't even attached to him like that, you know? So I can only imagine how it impacted people. But I see what you're saying. Like, when you have a friend, it's a different type of um, bond versus someone you look up to. And now you are implementing into 
your development as a man. Like it's part of you that is kind of no longer there. Cause it's like, you're not going to get new moments with this person or, you know, um, new, new things to see. It's like, that's it. That storyline is not dead, but it's like, it ends there, you know? So I could definitely see why that would be hard. Think about all the moments that gave moments. Mm. There's people that hated Kobe, you know? And like, imagine how emotionally invested you have to be in something to hate someone or you love someone. Emotional investment that that takes. And and I was just waiting, like after that, I'm like waiting for this guy to crawl out of the, you know, rubbish and like, you know, like, you know, because he's a hero in our eyes. Superhuman. Yeah, I always, I was saying this too, like, um, athletes a lot of the time are seen as like our superheroes, you know, especially for young boys, like, so they don't possess human traits, you know, they're almost immortalized. It's like, they're not supposed to, you know, be human. They're our superheroes. So they're not supposed to die or get hurt or retire or make mistakes. They're superheroes. So I think it kind of that idea was challenged so heavily because like you said, a lot of people looked up to him as their like, you know, they're Superman. So I think mm-hmm. that was definitely, I think it's still hard. And then 2020 went to shits after that. So that's helped. But. And I think, you know, when we talk about Kobe, uh, he, his transition from basketball was effortless. Yeah, I know. It was effortless. He went and won an Oscar. He went and he- I know, what the hell? <laughs> like, so like we see this stuff, like I seen this stuff and it's like, you know, that's the kind of things I want to be able to do. You know, I want to transition transition from here to here seamlessly. I want to be able to, the highest human act is to inspire. Yeah. So Obi did that, Nip did that, you know, mm-hmm. LeBron, you know, these guys that are, yeah, they're celebrities. We don't get to interact with them but they're interacting with us, mm-hmm. you know, they're shaping us and, and, and mm-hmm. guys and, and create leaders. And, you know, what was, what was the line Tupac used to say? Like he might not change the world, but he might inspire mm. the mind that does change the world. Ooh, like yes. So heavy. And it's like philosophical, but it's, it's some real shit. Like these guys may not single-handedly, change the world but they will definitely the person that does change the world will look and be like yeah yeah my inspiration is Kobe you know yeah. like it's that butterfly like, effect yeah it's, it's so powerful it's so powerful so mm-hmm. he lives he lives in, in every one of us and yeah. I bought a mentality book and you know my brother's a big Kobe fan too and my, obviously my whole family is Kobe fans and, mm-hmm. <sighs> sorry such a, I know, it's a heavy, like, why do I feel heavy? I'm like, this isn't supposed to be such a heavy topic. Um, but before we wrap up, I wanted to ask, how have you implemented Mamba mentality into your life? Well, um, I think just me trying to do anything that's humanly possible in the moment. It's really just moment. I used to, when I was younger, I used to be so obsessed with, like, the destination. Mm. But I think mama mentality is just enjoying the process and, and doing whatever you can, you know, in the moment to make whatever it is happen for yourself. So that's how I, and just no excuses. You know, I try not to make any excuses for myself. And mm-hmm. if I do, I'd be like, ah, damn, you know, what would Kobe say about this type of shit? You know? What would he say, Alex? He would not be happy. 
you wouldn't be happy. So that's how I implemented mom mentality. When I was younger and playing ball, I was same shit, you know, I'd watch, mm-hmm. you know, how he approached it. And, you know, he was a, a psychopath when it came to this basketball shit. Mm-hmm. You know, I really admire that about him is that he was able to really focus and hone in on what needs to get done. Mm-hmm. That's how I tried to implement it. Just focus on what needs to get done. And I'm a guy that likes to juggle stuff. Mm-hmm. That's me. So I always have something to hone in on. I never have nothing to do. And, you know, I, I try to channel my inner Kobe in that and just try to take it one day at a time and do whatever I can that's humanly possible in the moment. But I still try to get so. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> Damn. Well, thank you for sharing with us. Um, yo, why do I feel heavy? Why is this always such a heavy convo? Um, but I guess we should end on a high note. I always do the small joy. So something that's brought you um, happiness this week, or it could be like literally small, you know, like you said, in the details, they add up. So what has brought you joy this week? Man, what brings me joy is is kind of just my big picture, you know, mm. the big picture is always, always brings me joy. And I, I've, I've learned to just kind of just love the process and, and, you know, the, the optimism of trying to just put things together and things mm. gives me joy. And um, I try to protect that, that, that joy and protect that process. And, you know, and, you know 2020 has been such a heavy year, mm-hmm. but if you can still maintain that optimism, I think there's so much joy in that. And just mm-hmm. the uncertainty, I, I like, I thrive on the uncertainty. I love that, that, that we don't know what's going to happen next. Cause it's, it's in our hands in a sense, it's really in our hands. So I get, I get a joy. I get a joy from that. I don't know. Maybe some people, it, it makes them uneasy, but mm-hmm. those are, me, make me waking up early and saying okay you know it's another day to kind of just make some shit happen so yeah it's un- like this unlimited potential like you don't even know what your limits are because you haven't even like started you know what I mean like there's just all these opportunities that you can create I feel mm-hmm. that and for me it's like being able to do that like with my family you know I work with my bro I work with my dad you know and it's I love that that's there's so much joy in that in that you know some that's people so cool relationship with their family isn't like that so i don't take that for granted that i'm able to come to work with my family and just I love make that. sure oh, yeah. i love that i love that so much um my small joy is we were talking about it but with quarantine happening i've seen a lot of my friends just like flourish and like blossom into their true potential and they almost like said fuck it i'm gonna just do the damn thing like I'm so, like, I guess so excited seeing, like, like, like I said, with you and um, Andre, like, you know, finding ways to still continue the gift of gab, like, that makes me hype, because I'm like, damn, like, they're doing it, I want to do it. I have, I have certain friends that started their clothing lines, you know, or, um, you know, started doing their workout, like, videos, or um, different companies, brands, and it's like, yo, everyone's just, like, on their literal, like, mamba mentality I gotta get this shit done and 
I love that energy and I love being around that energy because it makes me want to be great. And that's just been bringing me a lot of joy because it's like, I love being around people who want greatness because it just keeps pushing me. Like there's no way I can't not be great because y'all are just setting the standard now. So that's what's been bringing me joy. It's very contagious. It's inspiring. Like I love, same thing. I love seeing people doing their own thing and Mm -hmm. it makes me happy because it's like, Okay, you know, see you guys at the top. You know, it's 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 you're watching people, mm. you're watching people grow and and go on their own journey. The same thing we were saying about how we got to watch Kobe grow. We're getting to see our friends do the same thing, mm-hmm. and it's exciting to see. I love it. Love it. I love it too. Um, so, where can we find you if they want to check out the Gifted Gap or just your page in general? So we're our handle is at the Gifted Gap on everything, you know, Twitter. Instagram. Uh, our website is thegiftedgab.com. Uh, we're we right now we're doing our one K combo series, so it's it's me and Andre going on our own and just humanizing you know people and, and trying to understand the the human behind a lot of the things we do see but might not understand. Um, so it's much more intimate than the regular program with me and Andre. Uh, a lot of people have been requesting for us to. Get bring back. that and we, we're working on we're doing some things and yeah so that's uh that's that's where you can find us www.thegiftedgab.com we're on all services streaming services youtube i love it the, the website looks a1 i'm gonna ask you questions later because <laughs> i was like there's no way y'all did this and i, I know have- i know you did it <laughs> i know it wasn't andre <laughs> I know it was <laughs> who was like I'm really big on aesthetic I know and you're like I want it done right so I'm gonna do it my damn self Andres does does a lot of other things really well and that's yeah. oh I love that we just try to leverage our strengths mm-hmm. uh, so you know but yeah thank you <laughs> yeah it looks dope I love it um, but thank you again for joining me i'm happy we got a podcast like loki i think this one we could post this one we could post (laughs) (laughs) i'm so excited um but thank you everyone who listened um check out the gifted gab i will tag it uh below and on the instagram you guys can find us at call me crazy pod and my personal page at be for real and we'll see y'all next week name one genius that ain't crazy